0: Hey everybody, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Assaulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Joined today with Tyler Phillips. We're just doing an audio podcast today, no visuals, so sorry about that. Uh, we wanted to quickly jump on, just obviously in light of recent events and announcements, with some of the, the additional restrictions for Victorians, we wanted to do a podcast on, on how how we can best use this one hour that we're allowed outside for, for exercise, if, if we follow the rules, which we all should, but, you know, is what it is. <laughs> if we're going to stick to one hour, how are we going to to make best use of this one hour? So I'm going to throw it straight to Tyler, who, who at the moment is training for an Ironman uh, in, on the 6th of December, if all goes to plan. So Tyler, just give us maybe an overview of, of what your current volume is and what it might what this restriction, this one-hour restriction might mean for your training. Yeah, I don't know. Um,
1: actually... Struggled to sleep last night as I was just I was trying to picture all my little loops and <laughs> what I can do in the zone. Anyway, um, at the moment, I've been swimming, so I've, I uh, sucked it up and bought myself some gloves and booties and a neoprene uh, cap and I've been heading down and doing some swimming, which the first couple were pretty tough and I was actually really starting to enjoy it, especially on the sunny days. The water was beautiful and clear, a bit cold, but so that's uh, going to take yeah. a hit now because... I live on top of Mandandong and there's certainly no nowhere to swim within no. five kilometres. That so, that's sort of two to three swims a week that I lose. Um, you do
0: anything to replace them in terms of I don't know anything. Yeah, chin ups. Yeah, or something like play, like that. I, will,
1: like, I will. Yeah, I, I will plan to. Uh, my last time I started and stopped, but I'll probably try and be a bit, bit more disciplined and um, you yeah, so overhand chin ups for the lats. Yeah. Tr- probably some a lot of tricep work. Yeah, probably just some general core, chest, just keep that upper body moving um like mostly body weight stuff i had a little bit of equipment at home but just yeah just i guess keep some range of motion and keep those muscles active so i'll try i'll do my best to be disciplined and keep that in and hopefully in six weeks when we've all done the right thing we'll at least go back to stage three and i can yep. head back to the bay and see how much we've lost uh, i've been basically pretty consistent on three rides three runs um, my rides probably midweek have been 90 minutes to two hours. And to be honest, they're sort of been semi-regular Zwift anyway. So that wouldn't be a problem. I sort of was getting out when I could. So obviously that, that's not an option now. And then the uh, Saturday I'd do a long ride and I was pretty consistent on four to four and a half hours for about the last month. So that's probably the one that's got me a bit worried. Um, but I sort of, I think my plan will be, to sort of split that when the weather's there anyway, split that between a a Zwift and an outdoor ride. So um, possibly maybe I'll try and knock out two hours on Zwift first up, uh, jump outside and and get my hour, get my hour done outside to break it up and then come back and just try and mentally get back on the trainer for one more hour or something like that. I think I'll I'll give it a go. And um, if the weather's terrible, I, I, I can't sit on the trainer for too long. If I'm motivated enough, I can maybe get, might get three hours on there. I have done a couple of times, so we'll see how that goes. And then I guess the running for everyone is the hardest one. So, yeah. um, that was probably I was doing a track session, it was so I was doing a 15k sort of main set with this. So it was about a 20k session all up, yeah, which was taking me about 80 minutes. So, obviously, there's no track, I don't have a track within five k. I I've got a footy oval, so yep. And probably get up there and, and do something similar and mm-hmm. obviously keep that to an hour um i was just doing a zone two run which was probably 60 to 90 minutes so i can sort of get that done at 60 minutes problem is oh the hard thing for i'm thinking i've been trying to work out is that i live in fernie creek so it's hard to do a, a zone two run there whereas it's sort of constantly up and down I got a sort of yeah, yep. two kilometer stretch of the tourist road near home which is reasonably flat so really and that keener could run up and down there eight times or something like that whatever yep. i can get in and maybe um and then my long i had been getting up to I'd run a couple of 30s 25 so they were sort of 90 to two hours so obviously they're going to be impossible to yep. do in one hour you can't do two hours in one hour i don't have a treadmill yeah um so yeah i guess my plan and i've been i'm not sure so i'll probably throw this to luke someone ask him anyway um My weekly volume, my weekly run volume was sort of around 50 to 60 Ks. And so I figure I could still do that in four or five one hour runs, which will mean four to five days of running as opposed to at the moment, three days of running. So I theoretically can keep my weekly volume the same. I just can't get that. Obviously I can't get that two hour long run in, um, which is possibly the best, best sort of scenario that I can come up with. But um, I guess I'll throw to you how, how you think that
0: impacts overall I guess overall fitness and specific yeah.
1: conditioning i guess
0: yeah i think that's probably the key concern with a lot of people is is that i'd say most people watching this um you know okay we can't swim but go do some chin-ups go do some push-ups you're gonna that, that's pretty much gonna cover the swimming muscles that you that you the, the endurance that you'd lose by not doing anything and you can obviously do conditioning through, through cycling and running so that's fine uh and then most people would have an indoor trainer of some sort whether it's a smart trainer or not so there's theoretically no restriction on your riding so long as you can mentally put up with you know being an indoor trainer for a couple of hours so it really is that running that a lot of people wouldn't have a treadmill so uh, i guess my thoughts around it it depends what sort of phase of training you're in so you know at the moment you're wanting to do probably 90 minutes get up to, to two hours of running continuously which theoretically you can't do based on the one hour restriction so i, I think my thoughts around it the uh, um probably a couple of ways you can do it obviously the best way is just to if you go for two hours which we can't do so that's out so you could you could probably reduce the rest period in between um your run sessions. so you might do a one hour session let's say seven to eight p.m you're gonna be home by eight o'clock right so seven to eight p.m one one night you could do a, a one hour run session and then you can get out at five a.m the next the next day theoretically so you gotta yeah. <laughs> short but what i'm trying to say is shortening the recovery in between sessions is going to give you some of that stimulus not, not as much as doing it all in one go but but still it's still okay and then when you talk about mitochondrial like biogenesis which is a key, a key when people are doing base, base phases that's like one of the key stimulus to get there's a few ways where we get that it could be it could be a, a lack of fuel um, so once you start to glycogen deplete, run any glycogen you, you can start to adapt the mitochondria um, it can be an oxygen availability thing which can be to do with your vo2 intervals and that sort of stuff so it, when we're talking about doing uh, an hour plus, we either want to, we can either. <laughs> I don't, I don't like to say faster training, but but there one of these. What, there is a, there is an argument to, to take place, um, when we do only have an hour. You know, we are going to get into a more glycogen depleted state, in, in an hour if we don't have, high, amount of carbohydrates in the muscles pre-training, versus if we had the ability to go out for three hours. So, it, it, your rating of perceived exertion would be higher. It would feel harder. The one hour session, you might be a little bit slower. But if you're trying to get that mitochondrial stimulus, sometimes faster training has a, has a place for that. Um, but yeah, so then you then you gotta tee up you know the the negative effects of of it feeling harder. But if you're just doing a zone two, then it's probably okay. So I think for the average person who, let's say, you know, they're doing it an hour um, and the other way, sorry, before I go into that, there's other ways around it. As you said, you could go and do. Uh, An hour or an hour and a half or two hours on the bike first, and then go do your run off the bike, which is outside, which is in that allowable time. So, you've actually got a three hour session and you're getting the same mitochondrial stimulus because you're depleting yourself whilst being um, fueled full of carbohydrates for the first hour or two hours on the bike, and then you go do your run off your bike. And you still get a three hour mitochondrial stimulus, but you're not breaking the rules, so to speak. Um, that's probably my main recommendation is just to combine those sessions together do a bit of a variety do your, run se- sorry, do your bike session on the indoor trainer for as long as you can physically or mentally put up with it and then go do your one hour run off the bike to get that mitochondrial stimulus um, but if you say if you, if you are short on time you can play around with faster training and that sort of stuff but you know, there's pros and cons of that um, the other thing I wanted to touch on which has just eluded me was, oh, oh, one then? Yeah, go while I'm thinking of it.
1: So, if I have a question though, yeah, so I can help you. Um, so my tip, my track set I've been doing last week's has been uh, what do. So I did a mile mm-hmm. on the track, so 1600 four laps with an 800 uh, float. It wasn't so much a recovery. So I'm running I'm running 320 pace for a mile. So I'm running my 1600s mm-hmm. at five minutes sort of 515 to 520 which is um sort of right at the top of my zone three basically like it's my probably my 5k race pace ish mm-hmm. maybe slightly slower because yep. i'm doing that six times i'm doing 10ks essentially yep. and i'm doing 800 in between which i'm running about 405 to 410 mm-hmm. which is getting my heart rate back into that so it's a, let's say it's a very it's a very top of zone three mile and it's a zone two Probably near top of zone two, so it's it is dropping back. Yeah. So that's a 15k set. Like it's a it's a it's almost my hour in my main set. Yep. Do we and this is probably a common thing that people would think right? I, I probably can't do that volume. So do I go harder? Do I it's short? Do I go? It's got to be a bit shorter. And so do we make it harder and get similar type r- um, results? Or yep. at what point are we changing yeah, yeah, what yeah. we're getting from that session by going? that much harder
0: yeah so i think if everything else is the same so let's say you, you, your bike mileage is the same you're going to increase that like if you're just saying i'm just a runner let's say i'm just a runner and all i do is is run and i'm, I'm i can't do two hours so I'm going, to, I'm going to do one hour and that's exactly what i was going to that was the thing i was going to talk about is intensity in that session and it just came back to me before so thanks for that but yeah i'd say yes go harder like if you can't overload with duration the only way to overload is frequency or intensity so you could do the frequency and you if you're currently running four times a week and averaging two hours a run or something then you cut it back to one hour and do it seven but that's still deloading in itself some of that's going to have to be higher in intensity but i guess the point with the mitochondrial stimulus and the capillarization it's all about time in zone and if you if you're actually deloading doing less than you were or you can't overload past that hour then there's going to be a plateau in in that physiological chain in the the performance so um so that that's an instance where although it's a different zone yes you're going to get more bang for buck by going harder in that hour because you, you can't actually get that mitochondria in that in that, um, that's, that that's depleted state where it's going to adapt. If you are doing an hour, an hour, an hour, an hour, you're just gonna be plateaued at that point. So an hour harder will be better temporarily until we can increase the volume again. Um, so either go harder or do it more frequently, every day run if you can, as long as that's gonna be fine from an injury perspective. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, we, we need to overload and if you can't do more in duration, you gotta do it more frequently or you gotta do it at a higher intensity.
1: Um, and I'm just having thoughts cause this is all new to everyone. So depending on when you live, I think it's going to maybe impact what you're going to use your outdoor session for. So on the bike, right, I'm talking cycling here. So for those that are around Melbourne, I've got Perrin's Creek and the Crescent, I've like got Terry's Ave, I've got the elbow. I've got the one in 20 all just outside. So lucky me, I can do that. Yep. Now, because of that, in my mind, that means my outdoor riding is going to be my quality stuff because it's going to be hard to do an easy session going up and down Terry's Ave or Perrins or whatever. So in my mind and and a session I've done before is repeats on the Crescent and Perrins where I roll down one. It's only a couple of minutes down and then it's about an eight to 10 minute full gas climb up the other side. So it's a a good threshold session. I can do a 10 minute effort, a few minutes recovery. So i can go up and down there. Um, And then I, I think that with Zwift and the flat courses on Zwift, that means I can do some long, slow zone two stuff. If you are a bit more Metro and, You might be lucky enough to have a velodrome close by, or it might be very hard to do intervals outside if you've got lights and stuff, and you can't get to. So in that case, it might be better for you to be planning your outdoor session as your zone two session or part of it, and your intervals might be able to do it there. So that's something to think about. And the other one I want to throw to you um, is if we can go outside and run for an hour, and we want to make that hour quality. I don't want my whole hour. I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste my hour. Warming up and cooling down. Yep. What are some things I might be able to do at home? So maybe it's, a, maybe it's on a stationary bike. Maybe it's yep. some form of exercise or something or yep. some things that we can do, our, get our bodies ready to go at home, get out and, and do an hour of quality work. To then get back in after that hour and then what things should i do as a cool down yeah. you know i might not be able to do my 20 minutes at the track with strides and drills yeah, my yeah, session yeah. and then my cool down as well now it's been an yeah. hour and a half and i'm putting myself into doing the wrong thing so we want to avoid that yeah
0: i mean at the end of the day a, a warm-up the goal of a warm-up is just to prepare your body for the session that's going to that you're about to undertake so that you perform the session well and you don't injure yourself so things you can do at home i think stationary bikes are no-brainer if you've got that um, so go out and do instead of doing a ten minute jog warm up, you do a ten minutes on the stationary bike, and then you do maybe do something like five to to 15-second like pretty high intensity efforts just to get the uh, the blood moving and the and the legs uh, firing. If you can't do that, and then, then even things like um, even if you can't do any sort of continuous exercises, your warm up you could do things like squats, just anything that's going to activate the muscles that you're going to use. So squats, calf raises, like
1: plyo type stuff uh, that just. Through that, I guess through that calf and Achilles to get that 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 sort of specific movement of loading up those zones with that sort of explosive,
0: yeah. I mean, some single leg
1: hops. Yeah, or, that's what I say.
0: Build into that. So start with your your lunges or your squats or the, the lower the lower load sort of exercises and then progress. So do that for five minutes and progress that into some some double leg hops and then some single leg leg hops. So just bit by bit building the intensity and, and trying to replicate what you're doing. Um, that would be really effective. And then doing some dynamic stretches as well. So, um, you know, you could do leg swings, you could do, just just Google dynamic leg exercises, something like that. Um, Anything that's going to get, again, the goal of warming up, muscle temperature up, core body temperature up a little bit, um, and, and ideally, if you can, uh, the increasing the oxygen of the muscle, so basically going out for, for an easy jog or something like that. And... A Oh,
1: you, we still i presume that that's good and
0: all but I,
1: if you're going to step out into some intervals i still think that that first interval you probably want to just err on the side of caution while we've done we've tried to do our best more, but we still haven't ran as such so maybe we don't step out into a max 400 maybe that first
0: 400 of the first, they're not quite there and just you know
1: just on the side of caution i think yeah know. i mean
0: for sure you're built into it and, and any program but ideally you, you, it, it's the hardest bit of that, that sesh, training session should be right in the middle of it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I think that the key for most people is to make sure that the muscles aren't going to, you're not going to ping a calf or a, or a, or a hammy. So by doing these sort of plyo type um, warm ups, hopefully the muscles are, are reasonably good to go. And then, uh, if anything, the, from a cardio respiratory perspective, you might be pretty tired from that first interval because you haven't got the, the oxygen level up to where it's supposed to be in a warm up um but at the end of the day you don't you don't want to do a hammy so yeah definitely still build into it but you know you can probably save yourself 10 to 12 minutes by, by doing some stuff at home and then taking that first but just add in an extra interval sometimes i do that i just skip completely skip a walk I just can't be bothered <laughs> and i'm supposed to do five three minute efforts and i might end up doing seven three minute efforts for the first a uh, uh, you know a 415 pace or four minute k pace instead of 345 pace or, or whatever works for you so um i think that's a key a key point is to If you're going to do that hour, make make sure it is a good hour. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to ask before I sort of move into a summary?
1: Um, uh, The the other thought I'd had is um, if people are going to be maybe going more into some strength, some resistance type training that they may not do, so maybe some of us endurance athletes that neglect that part of our training, it's hard to fit it in, and maybe that's something that people are going to focus on. Yeah what sort of impact might that have on or maybe it's a good way to overload a session is, or maybe it's a bad way to overload a session yep. is, to, is to run after on the same day as maybe doing some, some strength work.
0: Yeah. I mean, it still comes down to what the goal of, of the session is. Like, it, it, strength's not going to positively or, or negatively impact on, you know, your, your mitochondria and your capillarization and all the improvements in oxygen carrying capacity and that sort of stuff. So, uh, I mean, it it could negatively impact it in the sense that you're now fatigued through the session and you can't actually um, complete the, particularly if it's an interval session, complete the, at the desired intensity. But um, really, strength's going to be good, like, so long as you progressively overload it and you're not too sore for your endurance session and you're not injuring yourself because now it's higher load and and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of, like, physiological adaptation, like, strength's going to be good long-term and it's not going to negatively impact you so long as it's not, negatively impact impacting that individual session but it's not a case of like i've gone done my endurance zone run i now do strength and i've just blown up all the mitochondria that i've just adapted like that's not 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 the case from that perspective so um i think strength it's a good opportunity to use strength with with a whole lot of things being cancelled and 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 a lot of people opting not to peak and then going back to base and all that sort of stuff not uh, with the previous podcast where that's not necessarily what you have to do but most people are doing that i think it's it's a no-brainer to to work on strength for that long-term stuff, um, which is good. I think we'll move into a bit of a summary because it's a fair bit we covered. So I think the main takeaway for today is, is if you're a triathlete and you can't swim, I think it's really important to maintain your muscular endurance just through basic things like uh, even just a chin-up and a push-up is going to get most of those muscle groups active, um, and then obviously we're going to maintain the cardio respiratory part of it through doing cross-training such as cycling and, and running. Uh, obviously we can do an indoor trainer for most people that's really easy if you've got a treadmill that's that's a bonus too but a lot of people don't in terms of 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 the typical example of somebody who who only has an hour to do a run but maybe they're doing 90 minutes or two hours a couple of things you can do you could do a bike session beforehand or after take your pick before or after to get into that that stimulus zone for the mitochondria so do an hour or two hours on the bike and then go do your one hour run that's going to overload the duration of that session and get the mitochondria working if you're, going to stick it, if you're just a runner and you don't want to ride or do any cross training and you've only got that one hour, then a couple of things you can consider is increase the intensity. Um, so make it harder or inc- and or increase the frequency. So if you're doing four one hour runs a week or, or sorry, four, maybe four 90 minute runs a week, you can do seven 60 minute runs a week. That's going to be a similar load. Uh, you can reduce the, the rest in between sessions. So 7 p.m. one night and 5 a.m. the next day, for example. And at, at a really... Uh, at a really creative level, you could consider looking at something like a bit of faster training with the benefit being, all right, I've only got an hour, I want to get 90 minutes of stimulus. You might be able to do that through some faster training, but that's probably the, the, the last thing that I'd recommend. It's a tool that can work, but it's going to increase rating and perceived exertion and all that other stuff. So uh, that's it for today. A very timely podcast. Any, I'm sure there will be some follow up questions. So if anybody has any questions around this, uh, please let us know and we will uh, continue to create content. For the next six weeks and beyond. All right, good luck, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll speak to you on the next episode.